had a dollar for every time I've had someone say to me, they never taught us about money at school, I'd be so rich, the world's greatest investor, Warren Buffett, would look like a pauper. Well, maybe not quite that rich, but you know what I mean. So we get sent on our way after 12 years of schooling, and we're so excited to have arrived. We are at the precipice of life. How amazing is life going to be? And yet, only a few short years later, most people have had a rude awakening, finding out that life, love, work, family, relationships, and definitely money can be such a real challenge. Most people never get back to even thinking about the dreams they had only a few short years earlier. Life can be tough, and financial intelligence makes all the difference in how tough it will be. Hi, I'm Carolyn Mose co-host of the podcast series Succeed With Money. I'm here with my host, David Wright, founder of the Spending Planners Institute. The Institute is the leading authority in providing education and assistance in helping people to remove their money stress, solve their everyday money problems, and get back in control of their lives. You know, nobody fails with money on purpose, so every week in this podcast, we're exploring the causes of money stress and the solutions so our listeners can succeed with money. So why weren't we taught about money at school? David, you were a school teacher for 20 years. Can you tell us why they don't teach money at school? Oh, do you have to remind me those 20 years I'm trying to forget? But (laughs) (laughs) yes, I was. (laughs) And it's a great question, Carolyn. Why don't we teach money at school? And I, I think they may even be trying to do that now, but certainly older generation, uh, we had, abs- well, very little taught about money at school. But I've got a, a bit of a theory, seeing as how I spent 20 years in school teaching, I, I reckon I got it sussed out. All of the people who are school teachers, 95, 98% of them went to kindy, went to preschool, went to primary school, went to high school, went to university, got a job as a school teacher. They've spent their life in school and gradually worked their way up the corporate ladder And now they're in a position where they're the ones making the decision about what happens and what gets taught in school. And all they have known all of their life is what gets taught in school. So we just get more of the same. They've never been in the real world. They've never been in the workforce. And they can't break out of thinking this is what we do in school. So Mm -hmm. I was a bit different because I went off and got a trade after school and then went to teacher's college as a mature age student to become a woodwork, metalwork teacher. So I I had a different perspective on school teaching. Mm. So I reckon that's part of the reason. And I know we, we do kind of teach, we teach about money, the basics of money. You know, if I've got $2 and I spend $1.95, <laughs> how much change do I get? You know, oh, five cents, that's a- you know. But, but it's, it's that's maths. That's maths. It's not money. well. Yeah. Well, that's right. And we and and they do teach math um, based on money, but they don't teach real real life money skills. So so then no. you know the question we want to look at well, today is if we don't have that education at school and we don't have that education after school, how do we actually become financially intelligent? What does you know what does that mean? Well, at the end of 12 years of, of high school edu- or school education, we basically boot them out and say, go and have a great life. And it almost seems to be this assumption that we'll just all magically know how to manage mm. money. Mm. Yep. And money really comes down to emotions in a lot of cases. Yep. Yep. And we've never been taught how to manage emotions either. So, no, no. 
it's it's a pretty pretty tall <laughs> stretch to think that we'll be able to do mm. that. Mm. So what's the question? How do you become financially intelligent? Yeah. yeah. Um and I know, you know, you and I had a had a chat earlier before the podcast and and you asked me that question, you know, how did you become financially intelligent? Yeah. And I said, well, actually um, and I, I have a little thing about mindset and I believe that, you know, our mindsets about so many things are formed really early in our childhood, right? And so at nine, I made a decision because I, I saw a family who struggled. I saw a mum who had to take cleaning jobs because, you know, my father liked to gamble and spend and waste a lot of money on gambling. And um, and this was back in the 1960s, you know, where, where she had to provide... Yep for her family, for her four kids. And so I remember making making a conscious decision at nine that I would never be poor. And see, back then, we're, we're talking way back, um, <laughs> you know, in, in yep, an, age, an age before credit cards and, and that sort of thing. And I, I chose from that moment when I first started working, everything I had I paid cash for um, and I waited. It was the whole, you know, we talk about, delayed gratification now well for me I just waited until I could pay cash because it made me feel good when I could pay cash for something yep. you know so. yep. well interestingly so so you you made a decision to be conscious of money and to be financially intelligent mm. then because of external impact in your life what your father was mm. was an alcoholic I think and gambling and, yep. Yep. and so you made a decision because of that and we've all got that external environment that impacts on us in some mm. way. Mm. But interestingly, brothers and sisters growing up in the same house don't necessarily end up having the same financial outcomes in mm. life. Part of it comes down to your personality and you've got you know different personality profiles. You've got your peacocks who are just the party people who it's all about relationships and being you know out there and flamboyant. And, and generally speaking, they tend to be the hardest to help financially when they come looking for help as a spending planner you've probably experienced that mm -hmm. and yet you get the the owls who are really you know diligent and and they will be naturally just good with money because they like to keep records and be conscious mm -hmm. and yep. you know take notice of everything that they yep. do yep. so part of it comes back to your personality mm -hmm. but uh, there's certainly an element of it which is making a conscious decision that you're going to take control of your finances and educate yourself in all things financial. Mm, yeah. and, and there's a saying that goes, what you focus on grows and what you neglect dies. Every gardener knows yeah, that. Yeah. Um, and, and so, you know, if your life, if your whole focus in life is not on money, you can expect to have problems with money. Mm, it's that simple. Yeah. And you know, for some people, focusing on money is something that they've had to make themselves mm. do. And for others, it's something like maybe, you know, at nine years old, you made that decision. It became a natural mm. thing. Mm. Yeah, that's true. You know, and I know that um, I see with, with the number of clients that I have coming to me, they often wait until, you know, life is so stressful and and they're they're living this life of living pay to pay and not having any money and not being able to have a lifestyle and not being able to provide the things they want to provide for their family, you know, and all of a sudden they're living this life of hardship and money stress and, and, it, and, and it's all too hard. And so they, but they wait until they've actually been 
damaged by life and it's kind of like, oh, this is all too hard, I can't do this. And then they reach out and go, well, you know what, there must be someone out there who can help me. But see, financial intelligence isn't isn't even about that. It, it's understanding how to make wise financial decisions. And I often say to people when, you know, they say, oh, what does a spending planner do? Um, is that just like budgeting? And I go, no, 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 no. Because we Wash your mouth out with soap. I know, because we know that budgets suck. Um, But, you know, spending planning is about learning how to plan your spending and learning how to spend wisely. How to get more out of life, really, isn't it? Absolutely, and making those wise decisions. You know, um, so I I have a client story. Um, Are we ready for my client story, David? Um, Well, actually, I I wanted to just say, I mean, just talking, yes, we are, but just on financial intelligence, um, I've got a whole bunch of sayings that I've made up over the years that are, have come from observations that I've made along the way. Now, in our conversation that we had earlier where you told me about the decision you made at your night when you were nine, you may recall that I also admitted to you that I probably went in the other direction where I got sucked into bright, shiny, shiny objects <laughs> and spent money on and used finance to buy motorbikes and guitars and and things. And I was always always good at paying them off. So I was conscious of money and I was always focused on money, but the bright, shiny objects tended to get me out of <laughs> where I probably should have been going. <laughs> yeah. But uh, you know, some of the lessons that I could say I've learned that a part of my financial intelligence would be, and I'm pretty sure... Our listeners would have heard me quote this one in the last couple of podcasts. The largest amounts of money disappear on the smallest of transactions. Mm-hmm. Yep. That, that's something that a lot of people who are struggling financially haven't, they haven't gotten to the point where they've worked that out yeah. yet. Yeah. And I find that a little bit difficult. Mm-hmm. Another one of my sayings is, if your bank balance says there's a problem, the problem isn't your bank balance. <laughs> if you find out what the problem is and solve it, your bank balance will fix itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another one is wealth doesn't arrive by accident. If it does, it departs by accident as well. <laughs> yeah. So, so I guess it's whether you, if you're not interested in money, then you won't learn about mm-hmm. money. Um, but it, there comes a point where you kind of go, you know what, you you really have mm-hmm. to, because money isn't only just a scorecard; it's the thing that that gives you an easy life or a hard life. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it probably is time for your story. So this comes down to, I think we were looking at where people could go to get financial intelligence if it wasn't from a spending planner. Mm-hmm. And you suggested a website. And it, that website wasn't the spending planner's website, I take it. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. Okay, so the website I was looking at was actually um, Money Smart. And, and Money Smart does have an excellent website. And if if people do want to learn a lot more about money, and I know we talk about money every week and all the time, but Money Smart is actually um, a great tool for people to. It's a government be aware website. Of. It isn't is a government it? website. Yes. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. So on that website, there was an example that that I think. Um, yeah. Well, rang some bells. Yeah, well, what I was looking at because it was interesting. I had a I had a client who who'd come to me. Um, with a a question, basically, we had been working on her plan for for a little while and getting things together, and she was paying funeral insurance, right? 
Now, this client okay. um, started paying this funeral insurance when she was um, in her late 50s, okay, so probably, let's say around 57 and 56, yeah. 57, and um, she had $7,500 in this funeral insurance fund and she was paying $100 a month for this insurance. And she said yeah. to me, oh, I'm, I'm not really sure what to do with this funeral insurance because I've got $7,500 in there. It's costing me $100 a month. And I said, um, well, do you have to continue to pay that? And she said, oh, yeah, for as long as I, I want the, the insurance. If I stop paying it, um, it ceases and I lose my 7500 But if I keep paying it, then I might not die for another 10, 15, 20 years. I mean, this lady now is 64. So I think you said the average age um, for a woman. It's almost 84. Yeah, right. The average life is so, almost 84. So in another 20 years' time, she will have added about another $22,000 into that account. She'll have close wow. to $30,000 for her funeral. Now, all she's going to get out of that is a funeral. That's going to be a whiz-bang celebration, let me tell you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and she'll miss it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So her question her question was, and, and this is a question, I don't think we're even going to answer this today, but this this is a question for our um, for our listeners. You know, would you forego that $7,500 and start putting that $100 a month into a long-term savings account or whatever or would you continue paying for that insurance? Now, I know when I looked yeah. up um, and I actually had a look at the Money Smart website and they suggested that um, there were probably better scenarios to consider, right? And um, and they actually cited another um, another story exactly. of a 58-year-old, of a yeah. similar story, where not only she, she was only paying $20 a fortnight, but... Um, her premium premiums went up over that's time. Right. Didn't the they? older she got, yep. and by the time she started at fifty-eight, by the time she was seventy-one, she was paying forty dollars for it. And I so it doubled, Double. right? And she realised yep. that she she was paying, you know, she'd paid over ten thousand um, dollars into that fund over thirteen years. So, is, no, is I, that, this is interesting? Yeah. Why would you take out funeral insurance if you had life insurance? Why wouldn't Why wouldn't you take out life insurance? Mm, mm. And this this is where we come well, back to you know, um, is this being financially intelligent, or do we need to ask the questions? And there are people, um, there are places that you can go to ask the questions to become financially intelligent. Yeah. You know, and and that's the thing, you know, because I suddenly when I said why wouldn't you take out life insurance, I think most life insurance policies will only cover you up to the age of seventy. Right which is probably, and once again, I'd have to look this up. And and some people would go, oh, I couldn't be bothered. I'm too busy having a good time mm -hmm. or you know, focusing on whatever it is I'm focusing yep. on yep. and wouldn't take the time to go and look it up. Whereas yep. financial intelligence says, okay, that's something that you need to know mm -hmm. about. So go and find mm -hmm. out. And it will take some of your time, but yep. you need to find out yeah, about it. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and, and the thing is, David, and, and I know I sent you to this website just the other day to um, find out, and this was actually also on Money Smart, they actually have a find unclaimed money, right? And I sent you there the other day. Did you, unclaimed did you money. find any unclaimed money that you were owed? There's, 
a superannuation. <laughs> well, and... not only that, um, they say that there's $1.2 billion from lost shares, from bank accounts, um, from, you know, superannuation. It can be anything, but $1.2 billion yeah. that belongs to somebody out there, right? And it might belong to you, might belong to me. Yeah, no, I, I did go and have a look. And even though I've got a very common name, <laughs> there's so many Davids and, and Wright's a pretty common surname. Right. So yeah. um, I, I did look and unfortunately I'm not going to be the recipient of even a fraction of <laughs> $1.2 billion. Well, that's right. <laughs> the thing is, this is people need to um, just look at these sort of places. Um, the other thing, I, I have a quick story about um, a client and I don't know how many people out there actually know that they have a MyGov account. So MyGov yep. is actually where you can keep track of all the Australian government services. So Medicare, Centrelink, Child Support, um, Australian Taxation Office, they're all in the one place, okay, and every person yep. in Australia has a MyGov account, okay. Now, I was working with a client and um, they had noticed on their um, in their bank statement that their Centrelink benefits had decreased substantially. Yeah. And um, she said, oh, I don't know why that's happened. And I said, oh, have you checked your MyGov account? And she said, what's that? What's that? Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. Another client who was moving house and she rented and she was, and I said to her, I just made the comment, oh, I've noticed in your spending plan that you don't have contents insurance. And she said, oh, I don't need contents insurance. I'm just renting. And yeah. I said, yes, but that's house insurance. The contents insurance are the contents of that house that belong to you. And if you're moving house, you need to have those insurance. Get right? So so it's yes. just things like this. And this is where we say these are the basic things that we're not taught at school and that people yep. are not aware of as they're starting out of life and, and doing all this sort of stuff, you know. And there are a lot of places that you can go to find out this information. I know we've talked before about um, understanding your credit score and knowing about your credit score. How yep. do you find out how you're going and if you have any credit defaults yeah. against you? Know? Well, I think we in another podcast I mentioned that I went and looked at my credit score. I looked, um, looked it up and there was this an Amex card there in my file. And I thought, what? What Amex card? And then I eventually worked out, oh, yeah. And I had to go searching. And in some bottom drawer somewhere, I found this Amex card. Yep. So yep. I went and closed it down. So they knew more about me than yes. I did. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, that's yeah. exactly right. And, you know, and I think people will be surprised if they do go in and check their, their credit score to see actually what is on there and what Big Brother does actually know about you because it's yeah. all... So, so this is all about just being conscious mm. about taking an interest in your financial affairs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and for people who have been totally ignorant to it, it can seem like a, a monumental task. Mm. You know, I've got to go and find out my, my gov account and look up all these websites mm. and start learning, which which can seem daunting. But if if you don't do it, what's the alternative? Just to be the victim of whatever comes well, along? Yeah. Exactly. And then um, you get to, you know, in your, you know, 40s and 50s and think, oh, wow, you know, life's kind of passing me by and I'm still doing the same, like I'm in the same position now as I was two years ago, three years ago, five years ago. Yep. Where do I want to, do I want to be here in this same position in another two years, three years, five years? Yep. You know? Well, you think about the types of people who will come to a spending planner, you know, like, 
there's there's kind of stereotypes almost. You get your young mums often who are you know got a young family and their work situations, their hours have reduced and they suddenly life has changed dramatically. Mm. And it doesn't take too long for them to be thinking there's got to be more to life than this and money seems to be a big pressure. Yeah, yeah. So we often, spending planners often get to help young families sort out their problem. Mm-hmm. But the ones that you're talking about are the, the older ones who the the empty nesters where the kids have gone and they've been either too busy or dis, or just not interested in or, finance. Or, uh, you know, um, the, other, the other thing that comes in there is the, the man or the woman who have just lost their partner in life and, and that partner yep. looked after the finances because often in a relationship, more often than not, there is one person who will look after the finances in that relationship. And if you lose that person, the other one's like, oh, my goodness, what do I do now? How do I pay the bills? How yep. do we? And so it's even about having your life a little bit organised, you know, and when a bill comes in, what do you actually do with it? Where do you put it? You know, how do you know that you're going to pay that bill on time? Do you do you put a, a, a calendar reminder in, in your phone or do you stick it up on a wall or whatever and see, and that's... Or do you just pay it? Well, exactly. <laughs> and then you're paying it early and then you're giving someone money that you don't need to give them today if it's yep. not due for three weeks. I get my post office yep. renewal about two months before it's due. I'm like, well, you're not, you're not yeah. getting my money until it's due. And so Exactly. I got my water rates bill a month ago and it's still not due for another well, month. Exactly, so exactly. I so so and I mean that's sort of that's where a spending plan is a brilliant tool because you can schedule all of those things in to a plan you can see 12 months ahead. You know, when I have a bill and, and my husband will sometimes say to me, oh, have, have you paid that post office bill yet? No, it's not due for another month. It's in the spending plan. When it's due, it'll yep. flag in my spending plan and go, oh, hello, Carolyn, it's time to pay your post office box renewal. Oh, yeah, yeah okay, exactly. cool. You know. But it still requires a level of consciousness. And and one of the things that spending planners do with their clients is they ask them to check in um, weekly, fortnightly, and just say, this is where I'm supposed to be and this is where I am. Yeah. And and we could easily automate that process and have a computer do the looking and checking. Mm -hmm. But we haven't done that. I mean, I'm the one that designed the system and I deliberately didn't design the system to, to automate that process because I know for people to be financially intelligent, mm-hmm. they've got to go and have a look and take notice of what's going mm-hmm. on. So that's something that I go, you know what, we're not going to automate that process because it, it helps people to be financially intelligent, mm-hmm. to have a plan, to look at the plan regularly yeah. and see if the plan's working and make adjustments if it's yeah. not. Yeah. So, and, um, you know, like, David, the, the value of having someone on your side, and I know that we're going to talk a little bit more about where a spending planner actually fits into your life and why you actually need to have different people in your life, you know, to make sure that you've got all the information that you need. But I was talking to a new client just recently and she said to me, "Um, you realise that you're a marriage saver, don't you? And I said, really? (laughs) I said, I I have actually been told that before, but, yeah, go on. And she she said, oh, look, because they were doing okay but they knew they could do better. And she she said, you know, she said, I'm a really private person. And she said, and I don't like sharing details of my life or whatever. And so and so she said, when when my husband and I talked about 
do we need someone to help us with our finances? She said that was a really huge decision for me because I didn't want to talk about the intimate details of money with anybody. And yet she said, you know, we've we've only had three or four sessions together. And she said, oh, my goodness, I can't believe the freedom that we feel now. We're actually both talking more to each other about money, knowing that we've got that third person there that we can, that we're having a meeting with in two days' time. And, oh, let's just put that question down for Carolyn so she can answer it. Well, the thing is, I so say you, you won't, husbands and wives won't talk about things that are awkward that, that lead down the path of there's no no answer to the question. Yep. So why, why, why go there? We've it? been yep. there three times. It's ended up being unpleasant. So let's not yep. go there. Yep. If you can take away that, well, then it's okay yep. to talk. So it opens up the channel. Well, exactly. Again. So see, so financial intelligence isn't even just about, um, you know, going to the right places to get the right information or reading good books or listening to good people or whatever. It's about um, being willing to get somebody else on board to go, you know what, if we don't know this, where do we go to find out? what we need yep. to know right yep. so if we're not good at money and you know so many of our clients come to us and go oh yeah i don't know whether you can help me because i really suck with money <laughs> and, and and look that's what i said earlier on we've all got different personality profiles i probably didn't say personality profiles but there's there's books about personality profiles you mm. can i mean there's love languages there's personality profiles and they're all about you know we all know that, that you are we're all unique mm. We all have different strengths and weaknesses. And some people, like we said earlier, just revel. They love you know, looking at their bank balance mm -hmm. and paying their bills yep. and looking at their finances and looking how they can do yep. better. And other people couldn't think they'd rather watch the grass grow. Or they, you know, they'd... <laughs> so, you know, it's different strokes for different mm -hmm. folks. Mm -hmm. And for those of our listeners who are diligent with money and looking to do even better, mm -hmm. A spending planner or a spending plan will achieve yeah. that. For those of our listeners who have almost want to go and vomit at the thought of having to <laughs> look at their money, a spending planner can take that away too because they can basically go, well, how much of this do you want me to do, yeah. you know, help, help yeah. you with? Yeah. And, and I, I was nearly going to say how much of this do you want me to do for you, but that's something that we don't do. No, because, no. because um, we're all about training, training them and educating people in money management, right, and training them how to look after their own money. So it's a short relationship with a, a very long-lasting outcome. Mm -hmm. You know, you have a spending planner for three, four, five, six months or whatever, yep. Yep. and you learn the, the, the organisation and the process and the system, yeah. Yeah. and you take that with you for the rest of your That's life. That's right. And I, and I was going to say uh, similar lines, you know, how satisfying is it when we have a client come back to us, you know, 12, 18 months, two years later and go, oh, my goodness, you changed my world. You have no idea. You know, we're now doing all this stuff. And I know that you've got stories yep. of people who've done amazing things after just taking the time to sit down with the planner, yeah. organise their finances, and then they've come back to you years later and, oh, we bought an investment property, we've been overseas, we've done this, we've done that, you know. Yep. So, or I've slept through for the first time in years yeah. because I'm not stressed about yes. money anymore. Yeah, absolutely, exactly. absolutely. And that's what we want for our people, you know. Exactly. There's so much to financial intelligence and it could mean I don't like money and I don't want to have to be involved, so who can I get to help yep, me with it? Yep. Or it could be I love money and I want to do it myself or anywhere in between. Yep. 
what you focus on grows and what you neglect dies. And I, everybody listening, nobody wants money stress or money problems yeah. in their life. We all want money to be a silent partner, not a nag, not a nagging dictator. Mm-hmm. And the way for, to have money as a silent partner that just is a companion that's always there to, you know, when you need it, is to have a plan. And I, you know, 26 years ago or longer, I stumbled onto this concept. It changed my life and I've, it basically claimed the rest of my <laughs> life because it's become my passion. Uh-huh. You know? yep. I, yep. I want other people to have the, the wonderful feeling of no money stress mm-hmm. and being able to get as much as possible out of their finances as is humanly yep. possible. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yes, financial intelligence could be asking for help or it could be knowing, you know, what the rules are or anything in between. Mm-hmm. I, I think we could probably talk a lot, lot longer, but um, I noticed that we're probably running out of time. Yep. So. so the thing is, um, so if anyone does want to want help with their finances, please reach out. Spending plan, uh, sorry, findaspendingplanner.com is where you go to. Yep. And findaspendingplanner.com and we're actually getting a new website which we'll be able to announce shortly but findaspendingplanner.com is the place people should go absolutely you know and I just believe it's it's never too soon or too late to take control of your finances you know so whether whether you're 25 or 35 or 65 you know it's never too late to take control of your finances you've just got to make a start exactly so I'm sure that there are people who've been listening in today who we've kind of given a bit of a poke and a prod and made them think, well, maybe I need to take care of my finances or, or do something about it. If there's anything at all that we've said today that, that you know has prompted you, if you want to reach out to get a comment from us, to get some help from us, this is the way you do it. You basically need to go to our Facebook group. And most people who are listening to our podcast would be on our Facebook group. But if not, they would go to Facebook and look for Succeed With Money podcast and just put in a, I think you just basically request to be a friend. Or is that what yeah, it, request to join the group. Okay. Join the yeah, group. That's what it is. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And once you're in the group, you can post a question in there or if it's a personal thing and you, you feel embarrassed about asking the question or you just don't like posting in a Facebook group well, forum. And, and you know what, David, you, having said that, just I just, just yeah. want our people to know that that Facebook group we created because it was a safe place. It's a non-judgmental place. We're all about yep. everyone in that group succeeding with money. And so we love the fact that people will interact with each other and ask questions and post questions so that we can help each yep. other out because life's tough and we're not meant to do it alone. So let's do it together and let's do it really, really well. So that's where people would go. And while I think of it, we've got a great question for people for that Facebook forum that we'll put up there today. Mm-hmm. And that is, if you'd paid $7,000 into funeral insurance and you were in your early 60s, would you continue paying $100 a month for the next 5, 10, 15, 20, whatever years? Or would you go, you know what, that's really silly. I probably have wasted that money. I'm never going to see it. It's gone. It's not coming Mm -hmm. back. I'd be better off stopping that and putting that $100 a month into an investment account and potentially having way more than $7,000 there. Um, by the time you do push out the sea, as mm-hmm. they say. Yep. So we'll put that up on the, the, the forum for people to give their thoughts Absolutely. on. Absolutely. All right. Well, Succeed With Money is a podcast series by the Spending Planners Institute. 
Carolyn and I just love doing this all the time, and we look forward to chatting with you next time when we'll be discussing another interesting topic relating to life and money. You know why? Because nobody fails with money on purpose. Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye for now. Bye for now.